were teaching this technique in a, a training school situation, right. but you're never going to be able to do it again. Well, I've just spent $500 on a class and I'm not going to be able to do it again. Right. And I've learned a lot from that. So that's where when you come on our education, it's fast, it's quick, sectioning pattern that, yes, the client can be in and out within 30 minutes or an hour. Welcome back to the Beauty Inspires Beauty Podcast. I'm so honored today to sit with this special guest. His name is Anthony. He comes to us by way of London. Yes. Yeah. yeah but actually down the street because we're neighbors kind of sort of in yeah. the industry. And today we're going to dive into a lot actually, but you know, how COVID's affected our business, what we think is going to happen. Um, and then also just how we got into the salon business. I love to like rap about that, but he has a pretty cool story and I want to let him kind of explain it to you, but we are both salon owners and that's why it's always so exciting for me to talk to another salon owner being a newer salon owner and also trying to create a brand. And so is Edge actually your real last name? Yes. So Edge Academy is what he's created. He also has an amazing salon. And what's the name of the salon again? Upper House. Upper House. I love that name. That's probably why I love it. I want to steal it. But so (laughs) just like the vibe that this man has created, I think we met officially about, well, now it feels like a year ago now. Yeah, it does feel like a year ago. Yeah, when he graciously invited me to speak and cut at an event he was hosting. What were they called? Open Chair Nights? Yes, that's it. Open Chair Nights, which was super fun. So it was actually my first time cutting hair on stage after 20 years. Yes. And the residual effect that that had for me was I actually gained a few clients out of that. I had um, somebody come to me for the coaching, which I do. And so I want to say thank you for giving me that opportunity. She's an English girl. She's an Yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey to getting to where you are. I know that's a lot to sum up, but um, you own a salon now. You have an education center. Mm -hmm. You're a father. Yeah. You're married to an amazing girl who actually we used to work together many moons ago. Gloria. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you give all credit to Gloria? To Everything's yeah. <laughs> to Gloria, yeah. See, that's why they're yeah, still married. She's the boss. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, that journey, and then we'll dive into all the things that you've been doing during COVID okay. to stay active and to give back, which has been quite a bit. Yeah, okay. Uh, so just to be really quick, because obviously 31 years in the industry now. <laughs> so it's yeah, a loaded question. Yeah, so 31 years in the industry. Uh, started out, um, I'm originally from the northern part of England, uh, which is called Blackpool. Uh, it's on the coast. I uh, went to school and then uh, just before leaving school at 16 years old, I, I wanted to be a barber. And then they don't do barber schools in England. Okay. Uh, so you can't, I think they might probably do now because barbering's so hip and hype now. But in my day, uh, you couldn't go to just a, a barbering school. So when I spoke to a lot of barbers, they were like failed hairdressers. Mm. They just said, look, I don't like perming. I don't like blow drying. I don't want to cut women's hair. I just want to cut blokes. So I spoke to a lot of barbers and they said, just go to beauty school and get your get your qualifications and then come into barbering. So I was 15 years old, a year before leaving school. And my mum said, go to the salon where I get my hair done and, you know, try it out. So I went as a Saturday boy, mm. shampoo, swipped up, all that sort of stuff. What do they call it? Saturday boy. Saturday boy. Saturday boy. Is that where that comes from? Yeah, a little oh, Saturday boy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So as a Saturday boy, I got, uh, got paid, you know, so much for the day. And then you just like do the towels and all the chores of the salon. Yeah. And then the first thing you ever learn is shampooing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then most of the time when you're an apprentice, you're a cleaner as well. Yep. Yeah. And I believe that if you're a good cleaner, you're a good hairdresser. All right. Amen to that. Have, have any of you ever worked with someone who wasn't clean? I, I, I think that they probably can do good work. And that's resonating so hard with me because that's an issue that I face. I, um, 
I, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. And I, I think if you want the longevity of your career, it's also a reflection to your client of how mm-hmm. much you respect your own business. Yeah. If you can show how detailed you are and how clean you are. Yes, very much so. That's huge. Especially it's, you know, clean haircut, clean sections, well presented. You look good, your clients are going to look good. Amen. Your salon looks good, makes you look good. It's all about the brand and people want to see what it looks like. And, uh, you know, I was 16 years old. My boss, I remember it like yesterday, gave me a toothbrush and I was like, what's that for? And he's like, clean the grout in between all the tiles in the whole salon. It took me like a week to do it, you know, but I had to put stickers on where I'd finished that day. And then the next day I took my sticker off and went a few more tiles. But if you told a teenager now to clean that, you know, I don't know what the response would be. We you, know? do, well, you do know what it, yeah, would be. it would be. It wouldn't be like that. But, <laughs> and that, that takes me, that, I mean, that story immediately takes me back to my assisting days too. Because when I started, this was about 20 years ago, same sort of setup. You mm. know, I came from a big, a big place yeah. and we would have to mop the floors by hand at the end of the night. Yeah. Scrub toilets, clean the bowls, yeah. everything. We did it in house and that was just part of the gig. It, it, you didn't touch hair with your own client. Like you weren't even mm. doing blow dries until four or five months in. Yeah. So, you know, fortunate now, times have changed, you know, some salons have cleaners now and things yeah. like that. Yeah. But moving forward from there, yeah, I, I, I love the hair. Uh, and then I got an apprenticeship, worked at this salon called Daisy Maria's. Believe it or not, I took Gloria and Tallulah, our little girl, back to that salon um, this year. Uh, before the lockdown happened, before this virus came, we went back to England in February. And I wanted to do something back to the community where I started. So a lot of the hair salons in my town in Blackpool follow me. Uh, they follow me on my stories and stuff. And I did a hair show for free at the salon I actually started and cleaned that floor. And the owner, who doesn't own the salon anymore, and some of the old staff, they came especially to see me 30 years later. Wow. They came to see me, sat and listened to my story, introduced them to Gloria and to Lula. And, uh, yeah, it was a fantastic night. We got... Uh, a full page in the local gazette which is a local newspaper mm-hmm. in blackpool and they said local boy done well so that was good well, um you've made your community proud how yeah. that's amazing what a great story yeah i like to go back to you know yes. to say thank you to everybody who's helped me through my my career yeah so that was my stepping stone with david and then i worked for a guy another guy called paul in the town center of blackpool and paul was a younger a little bit more fresher paul lewis and Paul was great because he was the first person to show me a book from Vidal Sassoon. Mm. And I didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. And then he showed me another book from Tony and Guy. And I'd never seen a hair book before. I'd always seen hair magazines from the newsagents. Yep. And seen like, you know, these haircuts. And I'd never seen an actual step-by-step book. Like a guide. A guide. And like, oh, a video in them days, mm. you know. And they said, look, some videos. Take them home and watch them. And it made me look into hairdressing differently. And that's when I went to London and said, look, I'm going to go on some courses. So I went to Vida Sassoon and did some of their education. And I like Sassoon. A lot of people in America love him. I've got some really good friends who I know now who have worked for Sassoon's and very clean, very precise, uh, small scissors, small combs, all that sort of stuff. And then I went to Tony and Guy at the same time. And for me, I just fell in love with Tony and Guy more than Sassoon. And why that was, was I just thought it was more commercial. Okay. more salon friendly more adaptable for all hair types mm-hmm. so if i had a spanish italian a mexican lady in the chair i could adapt a haircut where certain haircuts in soon weren't adaptable for those kind of densities of hair so uh, that's why i really uh, i love the uh, tony and guy 
Uh, I love the way of how they do customization, larger scissors, larger combs, a bit more freer with the hair. Mm -hmm. So I ended up working for them. That's amazing. So, yeah, so had you not worked in the salon before, I wonder if you would have been able to look at the two different schools and know this one's going to serve me better behind the chair for the long run. Mm. I think sometimes when we fall in love with an idea of how hair is, how beautiful it is that Sassoon does the work that they do, yeah. you could have easily went down that path, yeah. not knowing, okay, wait, if I know and learn these things, I'm going to be, yeah. you know, re relatable to everyone. Everyone's going to want their hair done by me. Yeah. That's I'm huge. a big believer that, like, like now, even now, when I bring out collections every year, I want the, cons the consumer to fall in love with it as well as the hairdresser. Right. Where, like, sometimes you can do these edgy haircuts. Hairdresser might love it but the consumer will hate it, right. you know? And I don't want that. I like it where it looks good on the model, she looks confident, she loves it, her friends, her family love it, and then that's my, my collection successful then. Right, it's versatile. Yeah. You can, you can it's Very a magazine so. shoot, but then it's yeah. still move it around and you can, yeah, that's what I love about your work. It's definitely, um, you have a detail that you can tell it's your work. Yeah. So diving into his work though too, I'm gonna circle back because I wanna hear yeah, the rest of, of the story. Yeah. During COVID, during our lockdown, this guy showed up almost every single day teaching, giving away free education, things that he normally charges two, three, four hundred dollars just to sit in a class for half a day to watch this. So the amount that you showed up for our industry was huge. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you were missing that component being able to teach. Is yeah. that part of what it was? Or was it just like you wanted to give back? Like you said, going back home and, and you seem you seem very more humble than I would imagine for yeah. everything that you've accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like people, you know, I've, I've done well in my career I love it I'm still growing um, I've come to San Diego now I've only been here three years and nobody knew me so it was kind of like starting again yeah you know I had the, the name Tony guy behind me I'd, I'd done all the videos I've traveled the world with them I've been in all the magazines and stuff but coming to here it was like kind of like I'll start again you mm -hmm. know and I liked it nobody knew me I didn't need to say the name Tony guy if they wanted to find out who I was they can google me and stuff uh, but I was like, kind of like, let's start again. So we started a brand called Edge. And then I thought like, let's just do haircuts for everybody. So with this lockdown situation, me and my wife came up with a crazy idea of like eight haircuts, eight days at 8 a.m. live, live haircuts from our house because we couldn't get to the salon. It was a lockdown. Um, so we turned our den, we have like a little den in there, our apartment. We turned it into like a little photo studio kind of thing. Nobody sees me cutting hair with a three-year-old around my ankle, you know? So it was kind of like dad, hairdresser, salon owner, husband, husband mm -hmm. eight o'clock with a cup of tea in the background because I was I needed a cup of tea. I don't drink coffee, but I love my t English tea. Uh, and I just got cracking and we did eight, eight days of it. Then everyone loved it. So we ended up like pre-recording some. I mm -hmm. said, I can't do eight o'clock every day. And not with a three-year-old. No. So uh, we pre-recorded. So in total, we've done over 50 videos. Wow. Since March for free. That's yeah. incredible. So we did over 50 videos for free uh, on a mannequin. I'm not a massive fan of a mannequin, believe it or not. I like to do a real model. So prior to the lockdown, I always got boys and girls for a free haircut and, and actually do the consultation and talk about face shape and suitability mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But of the lockdown we just said oh we'll get a mannequin heads and we'll uh, we'll start cutting them and that's what we call pivoting that's what i think at the beginning of this a lot of people had a really hard time doing was 
shifting from what they had been doing into what they could be doing. Yeah. Because a lot of us didn't want to be doing something different. You no. didn't want to be doing No, what I didn't you want to put dolly heads and no. at, at, at home. Right. You know? Not connecting with the client, not seeing the after. The the model, yes, they don't talk back and they always seem to be okay with the haircut. <laughs> but there's no there's no interaction. And I think as a stylist, that's what we live for. Yeah, very much so. You know, the interaction with the client, the stylist in the salon, you putting on these events. So Explain to us how you came up with the concept of having open chair night. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we've got established here. We're obviously doing classes. Uh, we've been doing our collections every year. We bring out a new collection of haircuts every year. And then um, me and Gloria, believe it or not, before this lockdown, for the last two years, I, I'll tell you a funny story. Some of you might not know. I don't drive. Okay, I, I didn't know that. No. There you are, I know that. I don't drive a car. I've never driven a car. Right? So poor Gloria is like my kind of Uber. All right? <laughs> So we literally go out all the way up to Orange County. So we've got a map and we go all the way inland and we try and hit 600 salons in three months. Wow. Yeah. And that's what we've been doing. Wow. So people say, how do you grow your brand and how do you, how do people know you? Oh, I literally go out in the car. We have our little three-year-old in the car seat <laughs> and then the passenger seat. And we literally get a map and we find out where all the salons are. Gloria pulls over, I run out, and I hand in a booklet of educational brochure, any events what are coming, talk to a salon owner uh, or some of the staff, and then if, if I can, make an appointment for next time so I can have an actual meeting with everybody. And that's what we've been doing for the last two and a half years. Wow. And we, when we got around all the salons, I was like, wow, there's some amazing hairdressers here in San Diego. And it's not about me anymore. It's about the community. And I really wanted to get the community together. And I was speaking to so many salons and they were like, I used to work at this salon and I used to work at that salon. And it's a bit like me meeting you and you're like, I used to work here. And I'm like, oh, and you get to know the same people. And I was like, wow, it'd be so good to get all these people in one room and just talk creatively for a night. So we came up with a concept of open chair night, which is a bit like open mic night. Mm -hmm. So instead of like open mic, uh, we did open chair, but instead of just having anybody on there, we chose. So we chose, uh, what did we choose? 12 people? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 12 people a night. So there was 12 hairdressers from all over San Diego, and they had 30 minutes of fame. And you could talk about anything on stage, and we did it. Yeah. yeah. So he talks about your brand, your story, your salon. I emcee it, and I give everybody 30 minutes to be a platform in San Diego. And we've had some really good salons. and. People yeah. there, and we got up to 250 people attending, and uh, it was a great night. And we had a waiting list for people to be the on stage next time. So we're like, I want to do it next time. Yeah. I want to do it next time. And I was like, okay, we'll get up to hopefully 500 people. That's what the plan was. We wanted to get up to 500 people, and um, then this lockdown happened. And then this lockdown happened. Um that's one of the things like it just threw a wrench in there but you guys pivoted and you are doing the thing that's a great story that you shared about traveling because you know what we used to call that back in the day when you go out and try to find clients or mm -hmm. business mm -hmm. guerrilla marketing yeah that's it. and now with social media nobody does that anymore yeah. so um it's crazy to think that you were able to two and a half years of doing that and putting mm -hmm. your name out there and like mm -hmm. sharing your story mm -hmm. And yeah. not even expecting anything. You were just dropping something off and yeah. then scheduling an appointment. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I think so many people ask for the sale on the first one or, or go for the you know what on the first one. And it's like you have to warm up an audience yeah. that you want to then sell or to have be part of your community. So that's brilliant. Yeah, it's hard because like, you know, I have a great history in my, in my profession. 
you know, well known in England and Europe and, and in the world of Tony and Guy. But then I go to the middle of California somewhere and they're like, Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. You know, no, Anthony Edge. Yeah. Don't never hear of you. And then here's my flyer, Edge Academy. Never heard of it. And it's like, and I love that. I smile and go, yes. Well, it's like a chance for you to reinvent yourself yeah. and to prove to them. Look, yeah. And then once they do see all that you have to offer, it's like, wow. Yeah. Okay, wait, who is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's, uh, that's, it's brilliant. And I think what you did by bringing us together, it's like, I think the older season stylists and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, we end up getting in our little bubbles. Yes, we stay where we are. We don't really mix and mingle. And I mean, you don't have a lot of time to do that. So if you have a family and yeah. you're working 10 hour days, like, where, what are the opportunities to go collab with other places, right? Yeah. And there's always that small mindset that some people have of, you know, they don't want to share their knowledge. It's, it's, a, it's a, there's a mix. Yeah. So what you did by bringing us together allowed us to, I shared space on the stage with people I had never met before. And yeah. so now I'm in, you know, contact with them. And now, you know, Zoe Rose is actually our yeah. last interview today oh, from okay. Iron and Rose. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like the, the yeah. culmination of like what he did then gave me a chance to do what I'm doing. Yeah. And I think that's real leadership and that really shows that yes, the brand is what you created, but you knew creating the brand it had to be bigger than just you. Yeah. yeah. The give back had to be that everybody was going to be part of this amazing vision that you yeah. had. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people have that when they think about creating a vision mm. or creating a brand. Mm. They think about themselves and how they can make money and what it can do for them. And while that's great and you should and can have a why and a reason, like yeah, of course. Of course. I think the the main reason businesses like what you're establishing succeed is because there's a heart in there yeah. and you've got other people emotionally yeah. invested in yeah. you, your business, and then showing up for your community. Yeah. So huge congratulations Thank on you. that. Yeah. It's, it's, you don't realize sometimes the impact that you have on other people yeah. because you don't always get to follow up with no, them. That's right. Right. Yeah, it is. You know, you see the salon next time. But it's like when I went to some of the salons, like you speak to the receptionist mm -hmm. and then eventually third time I might have talked to a hairdresser. I keep going back and going back where some people would have just give up on the first time. Right. And they just keep going back, get their business cards, and we just, and then it's helped when I get to know a hairdresser who knows that other hairdresser. Right. And then they're like, I'll introduce you. Yep. And then that helps. Uh, but yeah, it's worked out that way. Uh, you know, a lot of people go through Instagram and Facebook to build their following, where for me, I'm, uh, I like to meet the actual person. And then it helps with my accent. Yep. People are like, oh, you're not from here as well. So where are you from? To give you a chance. Uh, and that got me in a little bit of the, of the door as well. That's something that I teach in my Six Figure Stylist program is figuring <laughs> out what makes you unique. It could yeah. be as simple as just his accent. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that he's this amazing, talented artist. He could lead with something as simple as that. Yeah. When you create something special about yourself or realize what it is and you kind of play that up, yeah. people start to recognize you for that thing that you say or do or, yeah. you know. Or how you look. Or how uh, you look. I went somewhere the other day and I took my hat off and no one recognized me. And I was going to say. And then I didn't realize my hat. I, a didn't lot have of, it on? Yeah. So a lot of my mug shots and like my press shots, I wear a hat because I've got no hair underneath. <laughs> and uh, I took it off and everyone was like, who's that? And I was like, it's me. <laughs> That's so funny. See, it's something so small. Like I love to wear like leather pants or I love to wear leopard. Like everyone always knows Jess is wearing some sort of leopard. That's generally my thing. Um, it doesn't have to be some grandiose thing that, that sets you apart. Mm. You know, I always say that's the most beautiful thing about being a hairdresser is we get to show up every day and be whoever we want. Yeah, of course. Very much so. If something isn't working or if something doesn't feel true or authentic to you anymore, like you, you can pivot, you can change. And you know, a lot of times if you get into a salon and they kind of put you in a box or they want you to be the normal one or not the crazy, like you, you, that's not going to sit for very long. If that's truly who you're meant to be, yeah. like that's going to push you out and you'll, you'll grow. Um, 
So how in that journey, where did you taking ownership of the salon and opening Upper House, where did that come from? Okay, so um, well, so I went from Tommy and Guy, mm-hmm. obviously we talked a little bit about that and, we, and you know, I traveled all over the world with them and then I had this great opportunity 11 years ago to come to America. So I came to America 11 years ago and I lived in Miami and I lived in Miami first and I worked for Tony and Guy, but I worked for a product company for them. Okay. So I worked for a product company and I lived on the road and I traveled all the time. And then I met Gloria and then I literally was not in Miami only on a Friday. Wow. Right. And I literally traveled every Saturday and I came back on a Thursday and I'd do I fly to a certain state. So I'd fly, say, for example, to Wisconsin. And I'd literally visit loads of salons in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah. <laughs> Wisconsin, yeah. Yeah, I love it there. Right, I've got some good friends there, yeah, so good. they're watching it. All right. Good uh, good uh, uh, tissue bit for ref as well. Okay, good all right. Friends Plug. Yeah, good friends there. And um, so Wisconsin for me. And I went on TV there. I've done loads of stuff there in, in that area. Uh, and then I'd go there for a whole week. And then I'd come back to Miami. And then I'd go to Chicago. And then I'd go wherever. And, I've, and it took me six years to do every state. Wow. So I did every state and I've done every province in Canada. Wow. Uh, so I did all that and I lived on the road and my air miles were amazing. My points were amazing. <laughs> but it was a single life. You know, you live and breathe education, hair, shows, seminars. I was doing like three or four seminars a day. Oh, my gosh. You know, we were, we were hitting like 3,000 people a day on some, on some places. It was like a, like a rock star lifestyle. And then I was, and then I met Gloria, and she came on the road a little bit, and she went, I can't cope with this. It's too, the hours are crazy. Yeah. And then uh, we we got married, and then we had a baby, and I said, I can't have a, I can't be a dad doing this. So we decided to come to San Diego because Gloria was brought up here, mm-hmm. um, her parents live here, so that's why I'm here in San Diego. And uh, then we said, what are we going to do in San Diego? So what are we going to do? You know, I've I've lived on the road. And I've never stayed in my home bed for and, more than two days. And I don't days. drive. And I don't drive. Uh, I have someone pick me up all the time. I've, I'm, I know, I've been spoiled in a way. I get land and someone picks me up and takes me everywhere. <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So we, we rent a place downtown. We got an apartment. And then I looked at different salons. Didn't know anybody in San Diego. So Gloria introduced me to an amazing lady called Sailor. So I met Sailor. Mm-hmm. And then I met a few other people, different salon owners and things like that. And we met Re- Rebecca and some other people and just different people out there like Kerry and uh, and Robert Cormians and just started to get to know the network of who's cool. Then I met a really cool English guy uh, called DJ and I get on really well with DJ. Me and him have become really good mates. We go uh, for a, a, a beer every week, Aww. and he's an educator just like me. Yep. yep. And uh, you know, in the same kind of boat, building our brand, both English. He's Sassoon, I'm the Tony guy. It was really cool, and then we just got on so so well. And uh, and then I said, oh, let's build a community. So we started with the open share. Then I said, oh, let's go. Uh, and then I hired out a little space of a salon mm-hmm. of sailors, and then that's how we started our open share. And I had four people. I love it. I had four people on my first seminar. 
Then it, that's sometimes what you don't hear about is how someone first started. You see someone's 250 numbers at the end and you think, yeah. oh, I could never do that. Or they just got lucky yeah. or it's been 30 years he's been. No, he was willing to do it for four people. Four people. Four people. Yeah. And that, that's huge. And I yeah. always want to point that kind of stuff out because anybody that, you know, comes to me for coaching that wants to create something and they're, they're so worried about step 52 that mm. they don't even take steps one through 10. No. They're not they willing to show up. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Because like if you do a venue and you do it all and you think you're going to get 250 and then you've got all that investment in there and only 10 people turn up, you know, it's like when I do a seminar and I say there's 50 people coming, I always put 20 chairs out. I can always put more chairs out when people arrive. I love that. I never put 50 chairs out because I don't want it to look like it's empty in my seminar. Mm-hmm. So for me, I always put less chairs out and I look, you know, and makes people sit at the front. Yep. Because nobody takes that front row. <laughs> That's so true. Uh, no one takes the front row. And if no one takes the front row, I take the front row away. Yep. And then the second row, everyone's front row. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, See, little things you learn along the way. Yeah, no one's speaking to an empty front row. It's like you're at church. No, that's it. And people take pictures and it's on social media mm-hmm. and the people look at the empty chair. Right. So for me, yeah, four people turned up and then I did a few more. And then Sailor was coming to the stage of retiring and she said, would you like to buy my space? And me and Gloria said, yeah. And we took over the space a year and a half ago now. Wow. Um, so, yeah, a good year and a half, maybe nearly two years. And we've just said, yeah, we'll do classes every month. So we've been doing classes every month uh, at our space downtown in San Diego. And uh, we've had special groups. We've had groups from Ref come, especially. Mm-hmm. We've had different product brands come. Uh, we've had uh, a big company called Sharp Fin Scissors. They brought all their team. I think they had 50 people wow. over like a, a week boot camp. Uh, so we've had like different brands come and use our space. And then after that, uh, it's a salon. Gloria works behind the chair. We have a couple of girls work behind the chair there as well. Uh, believe it or not, they all color hair more than cut hair. Okay. All right. It's one of those, you know, mm-hmm. we're in California. Yep. It's all about color. Yep. Where I don't color hair. The last time I colored hair was 30 years ago through a highlighting cap. All right. <laughs> It's, I, you know, I, I, I train to do colour. Right, but you stick to what you're good at, what but, you yeah, love. But my speciality is cutting. Right. All right, I've cut Tonian Guy, I cut all the way, um, and that's what I do. So when we do a collection of haircuts, Gloria does all the colours. We have a makeup artist, we work with a fashion stylist, a makeup artist. We all come together mm-hmm. and we do storyboards and ideas, and that's how we collaborate our collection. And then I cut all the models' hair. And this year we did 12 looks. Wow. We did a... Uh, yeah, we did nine girls and three boys. And that's just been launched now. It's all over our social media now. It's so, beautiful yeah. too, by so the way. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's really good. I'm impressed with this collection. I took Gloria's, Gloria's headed the collection this year, really. She said, look, I want to make it more feminine and a little mm. bit more girly. And I went, okay, you go with it. So I credit to Gloria on this one. Well, that's amazing. I love that. I love that you guys have found a way to work together and that you have stepped back even let her kind of take the lead on this. Like mm. that, again, Yeah. what I go back to being... Sometimes we think we have to be so in control for our vision to come through, but like you step back a little bit and she's part of you now and sees how much you love what, and I'm sure she had that in her mind and kept you in. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what's super cool about this new collection though, is you've made it kind of for everybody, which, which fits where we live. We're in San Diego and we have a huge, um, you know, community where this suits them where haircuts on different people and it's just it's beautiful you did an amazing job yeah we brought the collection in like you know believe it or not we called the collection moving like moving forward and 
uh, we named it before the lockdown. We shot the collection the week before the lockdown. Mm. Couldn't have got it in any other time, really. Right. So we didn't know this was happening, this lockdown. We didn't know about this virus. And the week before it all happened, that's when we shot. So we shot it. And then the week later, it was all about, hey, salons are closing. This is what's happening. And mm. we were like, wow, we just got it in time. Oh, my gosh. And then we called it moving, moving forward. And, you know, everything's changing. How did you know? And right? everything's changing. And we were like, wow, this is just fitting into place. And then we brought the, uh, the collection into three categories. And it's like three days of education. So it's strength, texture, and movement. Strength meaning edgy haircuts, mm-hmm. you know, like strong, edgy outlines. Uh, mo- uh, texture meaning commercial, salon-friendly, everyday hair. And then movement being curly hair. Mm. So there's the three days of education, what we teach. That's amazing. And then that's the haircut. So, yeah, there's something there for everybody in a way. Perfect. And that's so nice in a collection where you can find yourself somewhere in that story. Like, I think that that's, again, the commercial side of you guys coming out, relating for everybody to get a little something out of it. Yeah. It's huge. Because sometimes you see collections come out and you're like, yeah, that's pretty, but I would never wear it. Right. Especially if you're behind the chair stylist that, you know, it's just simply for inspiration or what are we doing? Right, I think a lot of like fashion collections are like that too. Yeah. Where, so, I think that's what I've learned in my past. You know, of uh, working with different brands, different companies. You know, it's not about like saying, "Hey, let's map out this haircut, and it's got to be a dark diamond or a square, or it's going to take you twenty minutes just for the section and pattern." You know, it's not adaptable to work in the salon. Mm-hmm. You can we'll teach you this technique in a, a training school situation, right? But you're never going to be able to do it again. Well, I've just spent $500 on a class and I'm not going to be able to do it again. Right. And I've learned a lot from that. So that's where when you come on our education, it's fast, it's quick, sectioning pattern that. Yes, the client can be in and out within 30 minutes or an hour. Perfect. So what what kind of education do you offer right now? Is there anything online that people can do classes with you virtually or what, where's, where are you guys at with that? It's a, it's a funny one that because like, you know, there's education out there. People have to make money. I get it. Um, and and by, I, by the way, we're still closed. That's why I'm asking yeah. this question. So if yeah. you're listening to this at a later date, um, yeah, yeah, we're still closed. We're, we're, still closed. Our, we're going into our sixth week now. Yeah. Uh, this is our sixth week of our second lockdown. Right. So yeah, scary. We've been there. Uh, we've been closed more than we've been open this year. Yes. Now we have. So it's crazy. Yeah, officially. That's it. It's Ugh. like, oh. Um, so I'm more on a positive note. <laughs> um, what am I doing with my education? Um, I've been giving a lot away like we talked earlier right um we've been doing facebook lives we've been doing instagram lives i've been doing loads of youtube stuff been working with different brands uh they've just paid me so much money to do to do a couple of haircuts for them so that was good for me awesome because so you, you do have a youtube channel so yeah. people can follow you on yeah, the youtube channel yeah, yeah edge the academy edge the academy perfect yeah, okay so we have that and then i have edge the academy fa- uh, instagram page then i have edge uh, page at facebook okay so you can have that we have a website at edge74.com and then all our courses are on there so that's our paid education and what's how we've been doing that at the moment um i've had one class in between the lockdowns we got one in and that was a a men's cutting class here in san diego Uh, and because of the social distancing and stuff normally we would have uh, eight people on our classes Mm -hmm. and so what we did i i've mapped out in our space a square and then measured it, and then I put another square. So when the students came, they said, you can't leave your box. 
So there was a mannequin in the box mm-hmm. and they could do anything in that box, okay. but they can't look, go to that other box. So it made everyone feel safe. Perfect. So we had four students on a men's class uh, and I've done that once. Uh, so we are going to do education still this year at the academy in San Diego, but it's only going to be four people. Okay. So in a way, it's going to be very VIP if yeah. anybody wants to come. Uh, and if people are like, I'm scared, I'm still a bit nervous, then we've, done, we've been offering virtual education. Okay. That's weird. That's different. I've never done it before. Is that more one-on-one? So people hire you one-on-one with a model or with a, a doll head? and It can you... be. It can be anything. It's virtual. It's all through Zoom. Okay. So we've done it through Zoom. And I've got it I've got it on the website on edge74.com. And I've, every month I've got a virtual class and they're group classes. And we've had up to like 50 people on them from all over the world. Wow. And they come for three hours. And it's a hands-on cutting class. So we give you... a a tool list uh, a couple of days before you need a mannequin a mannequin stand scissors combs clips all mm-hmm. that like you go into a class you don't have to cut with us you can just watch it or you can literally cut along with us and you do two haircuts in three hours and talk about the new collection that's brilliant so it's and it's a uh, hundred dollars well, so, that's a deal. Two yeah. haircuts for yeah. hundred dollars. Wow. Yeah. So that's what we've been doing. So it's been really good. Um, rocking out. I'm there looking at all the cameras and going, hi, everybody. <laughs> Learning you like know. I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. Hi. I can't see anybody. I'm not with yeah. anybody. I've just got this monitor with like loads of little dots and people waving. Uh, I miss checking the haircuts. I miss like going, hey, yeah. this is a little bit off or that. I can't actually check the haircut. That's what I miss. You know, like you've said, we miss meeting people with our industry being hairdressers is very social and I love you know giving someone a little bit of a high five or a hug and you know you can't mm. do that now and uh, so for me yeah the um, the virtual education was different uh, but it, people wanted it so they said yeah let's do it so we've been doing it every month and then I've now been asked to do private virtual classes so right. going back to your question yeah like, could a salon get it yeah so if you're a salon owner and you felt like I can't fly Anthony into, I don't know, I live in the Midwest, for example, flying him in from California, paying his hotel, his fee, you know, and I only have two staff, but it's just, I can't do it. But you can do it this way. That's so, brilliant. Yep. you know, you can have a private class, one-on-one, three people, four people. If you've got a salon of 10 people, you can do, a, you know, a VIP virtual class. So I'm in a way, I'm offering it to anybody in a way this time, where before, if I had to go to someone's salon, it was working out about $10,000. By the time we've got all the costs yep. covered the cost, it was 10000 for me to go into that salon. And there's like two staff. Right. It's just not worth it. Right. But it is worth it. You yeah, are you know, worth yeah, it. You know he's I mean. worth it. See, he's so <laughs> humble. But to be able to have that in your house, like that's what's brilliant about so many people who have something to offer like that, like an actual product or service, mm. have been able to take it through Zoom. And I know it's not the same. I know it, this isn't quite the same as having yeah. these. I used to have live networking brunches where I would bring a speaker on. And yeah. normally we're in a room of 25 people like yeah. feeding off their energy, answering questions, talking about things. And that's why I made or I wanted to make my podcast more of a interview style because yeah, like that's why I, that was what the premise was for me was to create that community too, to bring us together mm-hmm. um, and to work on our business and branding and all that kind of stuff. But I don't have those people here. So this is hopefully going to be something you guys can watch any given time, rewind it, you know, and then submit questions. And if you have anything for Anthony, yeah. you can reach out to him directly because he's the most friendly giving person that I've met in this industry thus right. far as far as like the level of skill that you bring yeah. and what you really have to offer. Yeah. Anyone's got any questions or anything like that, please reach out. Yeah. I'm 
you know, I'm I'm there. I answer all my. Uh, I don't have anybody else who has social media. You me. do it all. I do it all. Yeah, same yeah, here. So you know, if anybody asks me a question, it goes straight to me. Well, you just gave me a good idea. I, I kind of had this idea before, but I think what I'll do from this point forward with the podcast is I'm going to set up an open Zoom and let anybody in and watch you, so then we can have live questions. I think that okay. would be fun, too. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, a lot of people be, like that sort yeah. of stuff. Okay. Yeah, a couple of questions for people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just keep, you know. the, keep the conversation. Then yeah. we have three-hour calls and, or meetings yeah, instead. Yeah, people could, you know, that could be interesting. Uh, we could do this as a part two. Yeah. A part two could be like, like we're going to have Anthony back again, and we got to ask questions. So there's a couple questions that I always like yeah. to ask the guests cool. to in regards to like our industry. So it's given times are different right now. Yeah. Where do you see the industry going? I know this is a hard thing to predict because this guy was going to open an amazing yeah. school here in San Diego that was going to be probably the top notch beauty school to go to in the county. And that's no longer happening right now. Hopefully it does eventually. Yeah. I think what you offer. Yeah, we don't know. Yet. We don't know. <laughs> but as far as like the kids coming up and like, what do you, what do you see for the future of our industry as far as, I mean, this is a fully loaded question, but. It is, it's all a big if in it now. It you is. Know, like, I'm, a, I'm a big believer. I like to give the why behind everything. Like when I'm teaching haircut, this is the why, this is the if, this is the but and everything like that. And now everyone's a bit stumbled with the world of like, and now the industry has been really hit here in California because mm-hmm. we're still locked down. Right. Um, and I've spoke to beauty schools here. I've spoke to iconic hairdressers, salon owners and, you know, we both went to a protest last week. Uh, great turnout and, uh, you know, getting our voice recognized. Sometimes it's nice to see the other salon owners because you feel like we're not on our own. Right. So I felt a little bit more reassured last week after seeing everybody else. Same. Because like, I'm like, it is scary. Where is the next thing from coming in? We have a life, you know, out of the hair world. Mm-hmm. We've got mortgages or rent and uh, children yeah. and things like that. And it's scary. Uh, and I don't want to go on social media and start begging people or doing a, a crowdfund me and all that sort of stuff. I know. But it's kind of like, where, where is the future holding? And we were about to do a beauty school, like you said. We were thinking, let's get a beauty school. Education is what I love. I've done it for, uh, what, 25 years of my career. I've been an educator. So I love education. I love um, changing with collections, new haircuts, new shapes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, working with different product companies and uh, you know and I felt like that was the next phase for me is a beauty school and now it's like it's on not no but it's on pause because I don't know where it's going I spoke to beauty schools at the moment everything's virtual and if you don't need a beauty school you're going to save a lot of money because the biggest outlay is your premises right so if you've got a 6,000 square foot school and you don't need to pay rent on it and you can do it from a, a living room or a little studio then you're going to save a hell of a lot of money. Right. So where's the future hold there? Um, I feel like everyone needs to go to school. I agree. But then there's another way of like, some people are against licensing and some people are for licensing. Like in England, you don't need a license. Interesting. See, like I went to school, uh, I did my qualifications and I went, I did my, I did even my higher qualifications, which is level three, like beauty training. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's some hairdressers who I know, really close friends of mine, who are amazing hairdressers, amazing salon owners, but they haven't got a diploma in hair. So you don't need one there? No. Nope. You just can get no, one? No, you can just do an apprenticeship. Okay. okay. So okay. you could right. teach me, but not go to college. So I could work in your salon, and you teach me day-to-day a program, and then I'm poly- and then you tell me when I'm ready to cut hair. Right. And that's it. So, yeah, it's different over there. You know, here it's like, it's fast. Everything's fast in America, right? 1,600 hours and you're a hairdresser. Three years in England, you're a hairdresser. Wow. So it's big difference. Big difference. I remember that. Someone told me that a long time ago. And that, that to me, is why I think 
you guys produce such high top quality stylists over there as well who really specialize in what they do I, I just think that you know in hairdressing here it's like some people do it for fun and uh, and it's like not serious where over in England it's more of a city it's more of a career right like I've noticed that especially with the lockdown some people are, not, are fading away and not doing hair now they're mm. like you know what I did it part-time I've got a family I'm enjoying being being a mum again yep. or uh, I might do a bit of hair at home but it's not like I'm taking my career to the next level and having it professional mm. and I'm open and keeping the salon right. where I'm seeing like salons closing at the moment 31 salons in San Diego are closed uh, permanently which is scary and very upsetting I was I went to visit a salon yesterday just to say sending all my love to all the team uh, they've been 20 years in business so they're closed uh, where do I see it I think there's a few more gonna go I think there's at least 10 more gonna go um, so solar salons and small spaces and small boutique size salons like yours and mine I think there's a way forward a small salon boutique definitely the way forward in hair I agree and you know he he knows because I mentioned to this to him about this before but that's where like I my zone of genius comes in and that is what if you find yourself in a situation where all of a sudden you are the boss or you are your own boss or you are now an entrepreneur which is basically an accidental entrepreneur because you could have been working for a salon where they took care of everything and you just showed up you're now responsible for so much more mm. it's like renting an apartment versus owning a home you know, it's not just, oh, I have to pay a little bit more to own the home. Like, you need to now take care of all these things. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, what you're seeing is those who took their career seriously, know their numbers, care about their branding, show up as the true professional yeah. versus there's a huge now. There used to be a lot in the middle. Now there's this person or there's the one who was just kind of dabbling, yeah. wasn't taking it all that. Nothing's wrong with either one. They're both totally fine. You can make it whatever you want. That's the beautiful thing about this career. Is I think this virus has made it more separate same i think there's going to be wow people and make it people are going to be really successful they're going to be carry on really well right and there's going to be people who say i'm just going to go and i'm going to do it at home and then there's going to be nothing in between right so like those are the people that are still showing up for your education still yeah. spending money still buying yeah. shears he sold yeah. more shears during lockdown than he has you know previously yeah. and same with me people that are investing in the course people that are investing in their business because now they have time or now they see Okay, now that I've slowed down, like I can't operate the way I was. I can't do 12 hour days, six days a week anymore. How can I work less and make more? Yeah. So it's like taking control of your brand and business. And we are at an all time high as far as people wanting to come see us. So yeah. if you are on your way to that team, that stylist who wants to take their brand and business seriously, investing in education, investing in courses that will let you be in control of your, of your finances and all of those things, like that's where the real jam is. And that's what's going to set you apart from people who are just dabbling, right? Yeah. You know, you can have great technical skills, but if your business isn't actually making money, you don't have a business. And if you can't replicate or you can't have systems put in place, like, again, you're not going to know how you got there. So you may get to some level of success, but being able to maintain it, mm. you have to be able to know how you got where you were at. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Totally agree. Yeah. And I just feel like, you know, some some of these bigger salons say, like, you got 30 chairs, 50 chairs. You can't run it like that anymore. It's not going to be able to run. You're going to miss a chair, miss a chair, miss a chair. You know, I've seen some salons who are doing A group, B group, different colored groups, you know, like, oh, this is the green group, the red group. And, you know, stylists can only work three days a week instead mm. of five days a week. You know, rents, rents, bills are bills. Right. Uh, and you get used to what it all comes down to as a hairdresser or a salon owner, you get used to your lifestyle. And if it starts affecting your lifestyle more and more, 
it's going to be like, okay, this is going to be kind of hard now. Yeah. You know? and, that, and that breaks my heart because I love the energy from a big salon. There was a time yes. and place where that was a big part of my life, like you traveling on the road. Yep. Now, as I'm a mom and I'm, I'm not working as many days behind the chair, having my smaller controlled space, it served me now. But for the first 15 years, like that energy, it was mm. what I loved about our industry. Mm. So I, I hope that that's not the end all be all. I hope we can see these big salons make a comeback. And yeah, we, we both, you know, we pray for that to happen. But um, in the meantime, you know, being able to take responsibility and control for your business, that's really the key. And if you're listening to this podcast, that's something that you care about. So we're happy you're here. Again, if you have any questions or if anything Anthony had to say today brings up anything, feel free to reach out always to either one of us. I think we gave, we'll put it in the show notes, all the ways you can get a hold of him. But what's your Instagram again, just so we can. Yeah, uh, it's Edge the Academy. My personal page is Anthony Edge 74. Uh, Facebook is Edge. And then YouTube, Edge the Academy. All right. And hopefully see on any of those. Wonderful. Again, we're going to do part two because I have about 15 more questions that I could probably (laughs) roll on with him. But we've been here long enough. This was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hope you enjoyed it, guys. See you on the next one. Thank you.